Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks. Today is Friday, July 10th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 167th episode of LOB. As always, be sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks as soon as it comes out each day, so make sure to go do that. Also, please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, as some good stuff will be posted there daily as well. By the way, today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Make sure to check it out and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. Alright, so to kick off the show today, I want to talk about some moves the Blackhawks made yesterday in their hockey operations department. So, in total, the Hawks changed the title of nine staff members and removed eight others from their respective roles, with Norm McIver most notably being demoted from assistant general manager to vice president of player personnel. McIver had previously been the assistant GM for eight seasons, and he also served as the director of player personnel from 2011 to 2012 and the director of player development from 2008 to 2011. So, McIver has been in the Blackhawks organization for a total of 12 years now, the last eight as the assistant GM, but now he will be moving forward as uh, the vice president of player personnel. The Blackhawks also made five promotions, with three having an assistant GM label next to their new role. Kyle Davidson was promoted from assistant to the GM. Makes it seem like Dwight Schrute in the office there. Kyle Davis goes from assistant to the GM to assistant GM of hockey administration. Mark Eaton went from the director of player development to assistant GM of player development. And then Ryan Stewart was also promoted from vice president of pro scouting to assistant GM of pro scouting. Mike Donahue and Rob Faka both were promoted as well, with Donahue being elevated from head USA scout to director of player evaluation and recruiting, and Faka going from amateur scout to head USA scout. Three other Blackhawks staff members had their roles in the organization changed to become senior advisors, with Barry Smith, who previously served as director of player evaluation, and Pierre Gauthier, who previously served as director of player personnel, both now serving as senior advisors of player personnel. Ron Anderson had his role changed from director of player recruitment to senior advisor of player recruitment as well. The eight other staff members who were removed from their roles without change included pro scouts Derek Booth, Greg Hoggood, Steve Leach, Michael Mateau, Alan Power, and Tom Younghans. Player development coach Derek Plant and Rockford Icehogs and European strength and conditioning coach Christian Skarphagen both were removed as well. So, a couple of significant moves made there by the Blackhawks in their hockey operations department, but at the moment... No moves involving GM Stan Bowman, who, of course, remains semi-on the hot seat with all the recent struggles of the Blackhawks post-Stanley Cup Dynasty era. Moving on now to some other Blackhawks news that I wanted to talk about quickly, which was Brent Seabrook being spotted at Fifth Third Arena for voluntary practice for the first time since undergoing three major surgeries, one shoulder and double hip surgery back in December, which kept him out for the second half of the regular season. 
Back on Saturday, The Athletic reported that Seabrook wanted to suit up for this year's training camp that starts on Monday and for the potential 2014 postseason. And while originally the thought was that Seabs would be out at least until the beginning of next year, well, now it certainly looks like he could be back in action come August 1st as the 35-year-old defenseman is officially back on the ice and at least able to skate with his teammates. Now, prior to the surgeries, Siebes didn't exactly have the best regular season as he only tallied 4 points in his 32 games played while also posting career lows in average time on ice and most of his possession numbers. So, Seabrook joins Captain Jonathan Taze in 2019 number 3 pick Kirby Dock as Blackhawks who have rejoined the team this week. And he also joins the likes of Calvin DeHaan as defensemen who are currently trying to claw their way back from injury to play in this potential postseason. At the moment, it does sound like DeHaan is more on the way, but we are still 3 weeks or so from the playing series, so there is some time for Seabs to rehab. Now, if both players are able to play for the Hawks then that really crowds their blue line a bit, but that certainly isn't the worst thing in the world. I would expect the Hawks to roll with Keith and Boquist on the top pairing, DeHaan and Murphy on the second pairing, of course, if DeHaan is healthy, and then if Seabrook is able to go, I think the Hawks would go with him and Ole Mata on the third pairing, with Slater Cuckoo serving as the seventh defenseman, which, as I've mentioned in the past, is a bit of a luxury for the team. If Mata or Seabrook struggle on that third pairing, or if even Boquist has a hard time adapting to postseason hockey, Cuckoo is a great filler into the lineup as he's been quietly tremendous during his tenure here with the Hawks. Lucas Carlson and Nick Seeler are also in the mix to serve as the 7th defenseman or step, step in if there are injuries or anything, but Cuckoo is definitely ahead of them in terms of the depth chart at the moment. Alright, so I think that just about covers all of the latest news from the Blackhawks here on Friday morning. Now let's move on to some of the free agent signings the Hawks have made recently that kind of have been swept under the table with everything going on right now regarding the NHL's return to play plan. But first, I need to talk about rockauto.com, the best place to shop for all your auto and body needs. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, visit rockauto.com and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. That's rockauto.com for an amazing selection and reliably low prices. Listen, we've all had our share of car problems in the past. How much easier is it when you have an auto and body shop that you can rely on? Well, rockauto.com has your back for all the car parts you will ever need in any situation. One more time, check out rockauto.com for reliably low prices and an amazing selection, and make sure to let them know the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com an auto and body shop that you can trust for reliably low prices. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. As always, be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcasts, and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So we just finished talking about the Blackhawks changes in the Hockey Operations Department and Brent Seabrook joining the team for voluntary practice. 
Now it's time to talk about two recent free agent signings the Hawks made that haven't been talked about much with everything going on regarding COVID-19 and the potential 2014 postseason. So the first player we're going to cover is 23-year-old Mitchell Fossier, who just completed his senior season as captain at the University of Maine. Fossier, a 5'11", 185-pound left-handed winger, played really well in his four years at Maine, even as a true freshman, when he tallied 8 goals and 8 assists for 16 points in 27 games. Over the next three years, Fossier averaged right around a point per game in each season, finishing with 128 total points in his 134 games in his collegiate hockey career with the Black Bears. The Alpharetta Georgia native led the team in scoring in both his junior and senior seasons, and he became just the 56th player in the university's history to reach the 100-point plateau, so he's obviously known as a skilled player who knows how to play with the puck on his stick. As for the terms of the deal, Fossier actually signed with the Rockford Icehogs, not the Chicago Blackhawks, so this is a minor league deal that is only for one year with the official amount yet to be named. So, Fossier will likely be in Rockford at the start of next season, and with the Icehogs set to lose a couple of forwards to free agency this summer, there could be some room for an offensive-minded forward like Fossier on the roster. The second young prospect that the Blackhawks signed recently was 23-year-old defenseman Wyatt Kalanuk, who, like Fossier, also just served as a captain in collegiate hockey up at the University of Wisconsin. The 6'1", 181-pound left-hander is a former 2017 7th-round pick of the Philadelphia Flyers, but the team let his draft rights expire a week and a half ago on July 1st, and the Hawks hopped on him pretty much right away. Kalanuk was a productive offensive defenseman during his three years with the Badgers, recording at least 25 points in every season he played in. In 37 games as a freshman, Kalanuk tallied 3 goals and 22 assists for 25 points in 27 games, and then as a sophomore, he finished with 25 points yet again, but this time around, he upped his goal total to 9, but unfortunately saw his assists fall from 22 to just 16. In his final year with Wisconsin as a junior, Kalanuk recorded 7 goals and 21 assists for 28 points this year, which was a career high before deciding to forego his senior season. Kalanuk was also teammates with current Blackhawks prospect Joshua S. for the last two years, so the Hawks likely took note of the Badgers captain while watching S. play. It's also worth noting that Corey Pronman of The Athletic ranked Kalanuk as the second-best potential college free agent back in February, calling him a fantastic skater with a high skill level with a game that should translate to the NHL. We also heard Wisconsin coach Tony Granato call Kalanuk an elite offensive defenseman who got the most minutes on their power play, while The Athletic's Mark Lazarus also said that one college scout claimed that the swift skating defenseman reminds him a bit of Nick Letty, a former Blackhawks defenseman before being traded to the New York Islanders a few years back. As for the terms of Kalanuk's deal, unlike Fossier, his is an entry-level contract, so it will be a two-year deal, I believe, because of his age but the expectation is that he will probably need at least one season of professional hockey down in Rockford before suiting up in the NHL. And while the Blackhawks do have a logjam currently at the defensive position, it's never a bad problem to have too many solid young prospects on your hands. And while I did find it interesting that the Hawks went after an offensive-minded blue liner, offensive-minded blue liner, excuse me, with Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bodan, and Ian Mitchell all on the come-up currently... But hey, I mean, this kid obviously has some talent to his game, and he could be a steal for the Blackhawks if his game pans out like Corey Pronman or uh, Tony Granado says it could. 
Alright, so I think that covers all the news regarding Blackhawks' recent signings, Mitchell Fossier and Wyatt Kalanuck. Now it's time to move on to our new daily segment here on the podcast, which is Regular Season Recap, where I give a brief recap of one of the Blackhawks players' 2019-20 regular seasons, just as a bit of a refresher on how they did this year before the potential best-of-five playing series against the Edmonton Oilers. I am Jack Bushman, your host of the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can also email the Locked On Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions regarding the show that you want answered on Mailbag Monday. Okay, so we just finished talking about the Blackhawks' recent free agent signings. Now it's time for our daily regular season recap segment, with today's feature being 23-year-old forward and former third overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft, Dylan Strom. So, much like his good buddy Alex Dabrinkit, Strom, unfortunately, did not have the 2019-20 regular season he was hoping for. Going back, though, a little bit, after failing to find much success in his first three short NHL stints with the Arizona Coyotes, Strom was traded to Chicago along with forward Brendan Perlini back on November 25th, 2018 in exchange for Nick Schmaltz, which, at the time, was kind of a risky move for both teams involved. Schmaltz and Strom both were struggling to find their ways with their respected teams, and Perlini wasn't panning out like a first-round pick should either. Strom was only able to muster up 6 points in his first 28, uh, first 20 NHL games in the desert, while Schmaltz had just 2 goals and 9 assists in the Hawks' first 23 games in the 2018-19 season. The change of scenery turned out to be exactly what Strom needed though, as he went on to have a much better season in Chicago than he was on track for in Arizona. In 58 games with the Hawks, the Mississauga-Ontario native tallied 17 goals and 34 assists for 51 points while skating mostly on the team's second line with Patrick Kane and former junior hockey teammate Alex Dabrinkit. Unfortunately, Strom was not able to carry that momentum over into this season as he truly never looked like the same player from the year before. For the second consecutive year, Strom played in 58 games for the Hawks, but this time around, he only recorded 12 goals and 26 assists for 38 points. That is a 13-point drop-off from last season, which is not what he nor the Hawks were hoping for. Strom also saw a significant drop-off in a few other statistical categories, such as even-strength goals, shooting percentage, total shot attempts, and average time on ice. The only area where Strom really improved this season was in the face-off department as he increased his win percentage by nearly 3% as it jumped from 44.9% in 2018-19 to 47.7% in 2019-20, which is actually a huge difference. You can live with a guy who puts up points but only wins 48% of his draws, but if that same guy only wins 45% of his face-offs, that makes you start to consider things a little bit more. The hope is that Strom will only continue to get better in the faceoff department as he gets older and gets more experience in the NHL. Despite the struggles, Strom's possession numbers were surprisingly better than they were last year for the most part. His Corsi percentage made a significant jump closer to the 50% mark at 49.7%, and he was on the ice for 40 goals for to 35 against at even strength. But in his 58 games a year ago, Strom was on the ice for 61 goals for at even strength. And whether or not that 21-goal difference from a year ago was his fault, the Blackhawks simply need him to produce more to be successful as a team. 
Strom's 2019-20 campaign actually got off to a promising start, though, as he was on pace for a 61-point season with 10 goals and 20 assists in the opening 40 games. But on January 7th against the Calgary Flames, everything changed as the young forward suffered a gruesome-looking leg injury while falling to the ice. Thankfully, the injury was not as severe as it originally appeared, but Strom was never able to regain the momentum he had in the first half with only 8 points in his final 18 contests. As for Strom's top performance of the 2019-20 season, he did have 4 3-point games on the year, but it was probably against the Anaheim Ducks on March 3rd, as in a much-needed win at the United Center down the stretch, Strom scored the only 2 goals of his second half and also picked up an assist in just 13:59 time on ice. He also tallied a team-high 5 shots on goal and won 7 of his 13 face-offs in the contest as well. All in all, Strom did not have the best second full-time NHL season, but a lot of that could be because of head coach Jeremy Carlton's peculiar lineup decisions this year. The second-year NHL coach decided to switch Strom from center to wing midway through the year, a move that never paid off and only seemed to cause more problems. Colleton was also reluctant to pair Stroman to Brinkett as much as he did in 2018-19, which never made a whole lot of sense to me. If the Blackhawks' best-of-five playing series versus the Edmonton Oilers does come to fruition in the next month or so, then for both Strom and the team's sake, Colleton should load up the second line with DeBrinket, Strom, and Kane to try and keep up with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl offensively. Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up Dylan Strom's regular season recap and also Friday, July 10th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it's out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news about a potential return to hockey in the next couple of weeks. As always, following a Friday, the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday, so don't forget to hit me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at Hockey for any questions at all regarding anything related to the LOB podcast. Or, you can also email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com, or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. I really enjoy this segment, guys, so please, 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 if you have anything at all that you want to ask, be sure to do so. All right, so thank you again for listening to Friday's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Until next time, please enjoy your weekend responsibly.